Well, hello, you thirsty theologians. Uh, back this morning, actually the very next day after the uh, last recording, and I know in that recording I said, hey, um, we're probably not going to do this very often, but it sounded like fun. And then I realized I had so much fun that I wanted to do it all over again. So, uh, neat little deal. Um, I do work 40 hours a week um, at another job. And I've got a nice little commute, like 10, 12 minutes or so, which uh, is like the perfect amount of time for these little snippets of thoughts. And um, so I'm going to try and record a couple of these a week, actually, which I think will be a lot of fun. And then at some point, we'll do some extended, maybe like interviews. Uh, If you haven't been to the Thirsty Theology website, I would encourage you to go there. It is www.thirstytheology.com. Um, of course, we have our, our blog there and everything, but um, there is a section called Bar Tools, which is just a bunch of resources. So if some of the stuff that we're talking about here in these audio sessions interests you, if you read something in, a, in our blog that is like really piquing your interest, I'd really encourage you to check out the Bar Tools section. Uh, over there, you'll find links to books and other blogs, other podcasts, websites, things like that. Um, people and uh, institutions that have really influenced and shaped kind of what brought this project about. So if you've been interested, check that out. There's some cool stuff there and you can dig a little deeper. So yesterday uh, we talked a little bit about what kind of human Jesus was. Uh, And I had a lot of fun doing that. And I thought, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is I have so many thoughts. I can't even really keep them all straight all the time, but I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about the other side, uh, who is Satan, and you know, in recent years with uh, several books that have come out, the topic of hell has become really prominent, and then kind of some offshoots have started to talk about Satan as well, and of course, I plan fully on digging into the topic of hell in the, in the um, days to come, but wanted to start with who is this being that makes hell so hellacious? And I've really kind of been on a little bit of a journey with this one as well, because you know what? The fact of the matter is there's not a ton of information in scripture about Satan. And when you go into churches, you've kind of got like these bipolar swings from Basically, you don't really acknowledge Satan all that much at all. And the other end is Satan is behind everything that is uncomfortable, inconvenient, and on and on and on. You name it. And so, really, where does Satan fit on that spectrum? Is kind of the question that I wanted to talk about. And just to kind of give you some personal perspective on the the kind of ups and downs, the ebbs and flows that my own thought pattern on this topic has followed. I just wanted to give you like a short like history lesson on me. So was raised in much more conservative, much more fundamental kinds of circles, which I actually really appreciate. It gave me a foundation that was strong and where I knew what I was supposed to believe 
And it was from that foundation that I began to ask questions rather than some other people that I've come into contact with who had no foundation and they started asking questions. And I feel like that's a much harder road to travel. But nonetheless, that was my story. Conservative, fundamentalist home. But as I grew older, I started to have to deal with certain things that have taken place in my life. Things that were traumatic, things that were um, kind of stuffed down. As a kid, you don't really deal with things. You move on. You kind of go into the next day. You've got school, you've got homework, you've got friends, you've got games to play, so on and so forth. And that's what I did. But as I started entering into my uh, later adult life, um, began to really have to deal with some of these things. Can't let them hide down in the depths and dungeons of your heart forever. And it was at that time that I had to really come to terms with who is Satan? And you know, as I started to work through these issues with people that I loved and respected in my own life, of course, part of the process was how they associated what I was going through or what I had gone through with Satan himself. And honestly, some of them were very helpful, others were not. And I think specifically what kind of pushed this issue for me was when people kind of took every bad day that I had or every um, confusing and frustrating piece of this process and tried to ascribe it to Satan's activity. And I thought to myself, is that really possible? And you know, I had a good friend, um, my brother-in-law actually, who is just ingenious and I hope to have him on an audio interview here sometime in the future, but he kind of really revealed to me that we end up projecting God-like features onto Satan. Only God is omnipresent. Only God is omnipotent. Only God is omniscient. Like only he is all-powerful and all-knowing and in all places. And yet when we talk about Satan, people across the world are all simultaneously suggesting that a situation that they are coming up against is the result of Satan's hand. And so that was really kind of eye-opening for me. Now, he did go on to suggest that he read a recent book that was really interesting, where the guy had really good thoughts on suggesting that Satan is not a being at all, that he is the personification of evil put into scripture, and that um, it's a way of kind of personalizing your enemy so that you know where to direct your efforts against. And I think that that's sociologically something that a lot of us do anyway, but um, nonetheless, that was his suggestion. So I started to begin working with that frame of reference for a little bit and thinking like, well, you know, then if Satan is, is just the personification of evil in the world, then then he does not exist, and all the things that I have gone through, all the things that I am facing in the moment, every bad day, every nightmare, 
is actually the result of myself or somebody else. And I really felt like that ended up actually not being helpful. Um, And so in time, I began to really push that aside and say, okay, maybe there is a middle ground here. And so kind of where I'm at right now as I'm processing this, and you know, just as like a side note, if you're somebody who's got it all figured out, then let me just suggest you're already wrong. When, when I speak on these audio sessions, even when I write, I really try to leave a sense of openness to any topic because I realize that my perspective on things has changed so much, even over the last decade, to, to suggest that at any moment, I'm really just kind of poking around at the truth. I'm kind of getting closer. I'm gleaning insights from every angle that I end up taking along the way. And hopefully by the end of life, I have a decent picture of what's going on, but I still can't suggest that I've landed. And so just as a side note, when I say like where I'm at currently in my journey, that's not to suggest that we can't know anything. It's not to suggest that we even can't know anything absolutely. I think there are some absolutes that we can really stand up. But at the bottom of it all, we are doing our very darndest to express the realities that are not this worldly. They're otherworldly. And so at best, we can get approximations. At best, the way that we describe and try and explain them are, are close, but not quite. You know? And so I think that in, in reality is the scandal of the Bible in general is that God was willing to reveal himself in a way where he could be misunderstood, where his words could be twisted, because they are not perfect. Words, language is an imperfect uh, endeavor. So that's a a little aside for you. You can take that 10 cents to the bank if you want. But um, So where I'm at currently is to suggest that Satan actually is a being. But if we strip away some of the mythology that we've given him, kind of this omnipresent where he can be anywhere at any time in the world and just doing his worst to all of us, and that our biggest fight is against Satan himself, I think that you begin to get a picture of Satan that is more biblical, first of all, but also is more helpful. We do very little of giving humans credit in the church for the hell that they tend to bring into this world. Um, And I think stripping that omnipresence and that all-powerfulness away from Satan gives us this room to then say, really, Satan is working probably more so on the bigger cogs of the world, right? Well, a lot of progressives and even liberals kind of talk about institutional injustice and political issues, and they're talking about these big cogs, the institutional evils that we all have come to know. And um, I think that it's true that Satan is at work in those ways, but in such a way as to give... Um, 
as to give humans, mankind, the tools that they need to be self-destructive. So we don't need Satan's hands on our every moment because he's given us the framework, the tool set even, to be able to be destructive ourselves. And so as I kind of wrap this up or whatever, as I try and summarize what I'm suggesting here, is that Satan is an actual being. There is more to him than just the personification of the evil we experience in this world. And yet, he is just a single being. He can only be at one place at one time. He is not all-powerful. So at best, he's working with borrowed time on limited power. And so he most likely, in my, my perspective, puts his time and effort into working on these bigger pieces that are behind the human experience. These political and institutional evils that provide the framework for humans to destroy themselves and to destroy each other without needing his hand on the throttle. And so that's kind of where I've landed and where I'm at. Still in process, still wanting to flesh out what does that look like, what does that mean. I don't have a ton of scripture to really offer you other than to suggest, like I did at the beginning of this little audio uh, recording, that the Bible just doesn't say a ton about Satan. He's mentioned all over, especially in the New Testament, but with very little like information associated with it. He's named more than anything. And so that makes it hard to come to you with raw data. But I think that we could all agree as Christians that he does not hold the same kind of power and presence and knowledge that God the Father, Son, and Spirit do. So if that's the case, then that's really what the basis of my conclusion has come from. What does it look like to have a somewhat supernatural being who is absolutely committed to the evil and demise of this world look like if he does not share those characteristics with God? And so that's kind of my process. But you know what? I realize that kind of perspectives on a spectrum from Satan is everywhere at all times doing all things to he's nowhere doing nothing at any time. That that spectrum is really broad. And some of you may have had some time to process this even more than I have. And I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to get some of your perspective on this matter. And, and maybe together we can actually move the dial forward in understanding who Satan is in relation to how we experience him, how God has dealt with him. And I think that would be really awesome. So would love to get some comments from you on um, the website or even on Facebook. Love to hear back from you. Uh, if you have any questions, if there's anything that you're like, man, I'm dying to hear Thirsty Theology dive into this topic right now because you know what? This is what I'm processing through. You know, reach out to us. Go to our website and contact us. Message us on Facebook. We'd love that opportunity. But so glad that we figured out a way to get some audio feedback going. And hopefully this is blessing you. And uh, we're obviously having a lot of fun. So until next time, hope you have a wonderful day.